Good afternoon, good afternoon, good afternoon, and a happy Friday to you, wherever you may be. <clears throat> this is yours truly, Ronnell Tate, the lead pastor of the Father's House Frisco, and your host of the Father's Table podcast, and here we are on another Friday. Can you believe it? It's the last Friday in June. Where? is this year going it is flying by but we're so happy to be with you again it feels as if i have not been with you in a while and i believe it has only been a couple of weeks i believe i just missed last week but it is so grateful to be here once again with you that we might journey together into the depths of the heart of the lord jesus christ <clears throat> it is our desire here at the father's house frisco that this podcast would just lead you into this burning place. Jesus said in Revelation chapter 3, he says, behold, uh, or he says, I desire, excuse me, that you were either hot or cold. And he says, because you are lukewarm, I will spew you out of my mouth. It's his desire that we are either hot which really needs no explanation. It simply means that we're on fire for him. We're burning for him. We're living for him, not just on Sundays or not just on Sundays and in the middle of the week for midweek service, but we're living for him moment by moment, every day. It is not that we are taking our lives and sprinkling Jesus upon our lives. No, it is that we are, have taken our lives, laid them down at the master's feet, and we said, do whatever it is that you desire with this life. And all of the other issues and all of the other things that we enjoy, we will sprinkle them in upon the life that you have chosen, that which you've declared. Oh, that's what I desire. Even from my own family, we've had this conversation just this week. How do we allow the Lord to shift us from where everything else governs our life, dictates our life, dictates the schedule, all of the children's sports, the, the business, the work, and then we add the ministry in Jesus said, how do we flip it to turn it to where the ministry or not the ministry, but Jesus leads our life and what he desires and wants from us. He, we give it to him and then everything else is sprinkled on top of him. It is our desire that we would be hot, no explanation needed, but that we would not be cold. Jesus said, I would wish that you were hot or cold. See, if you're cold, we know what needs to be done. You need to be set ablaze and set on fire. 
and it's his desire that we would be this way. It is our desire that these Fridays would be moments like the, like the road to Emmaus where Jesus spoke to the two disciples and they did not realize that it was Jesus speaking to them <clears throat> until their eyes were open as they sat for a meal and I'm skipping over so much in this story and then he disappeared from them but they said to one another did not our hearts burn as he spoke with us that is my desire today that as we just journey in this brief moment 30 minutes to an hour this brief time and usually it's an hour of our journey into the scriptures that the Holy Spirit would ignite us and cause our hearts to burn like they've never done before to burn to live for the master to burn to walk <clears throat> with the master to burn that we would reveal the master to those all around us do you realize that you and I may be the only scripture that someone else sees maybe they don't have uh, most of us here in the U.S. have Bibles at our disposal or can easily have one, but maybe people have never opened them. But you and I are supposed to be the living epistles. We are to be the written word of God, the living, breathing example of the power, the love, the majesty of God every place that we go. That by simply looking at us seeing our actions and our manner of life the scriptures become alive God the Father becomes real to those all around us and they desire for themselves a revelation with our King I pray that today that is what we step into Amen well I pray that you are well wherever you may be this Friday. If you're watching us live, please just jot in the <clears throat> comments there, whether you're watching on our app, our webpage, Vimeo, YouTube, Facebook. Just hit a jot and let us know where you're watching from. But we greet you all the way from Frisco, Texas, where we are. It's a beautiful day. It's a hot one again, our fifth or sixth straight day of 100 degree temperatures. But it is Texas in the summer. And yes, we've hit our hundreds a little earlier than normal. Those don't usually start until July. And we've already had six here in the month of June. And but it's a beautiful day nonetheless, a wonderful day to be in the presence of God. What a marvelous, magnificent time to be alive. For the Lord has chosen us for this season and in this hour, which means he has placed something in us. He has a purpose and a plan designed for our lives that are needed in this hour that we are currently in and in the days that are ahead. But we pray that wherever you are, 
you are having a tremendous Friday, a wonderful Friday in the presence of the Lord. Well, I pray that today as we begin and dive into the verse that the Lord has for us today, I pray that we are challenged, that we're quickened, and yes, once again, that we burn for him. I pray that by this one verse, this one verse that we're going to highlight, we'll read several, but there's one verse, that this one verse in the scriptures would set our hearts ablaze today. That we long for him in ways we've never longed before. I pray right now that this one verse for many of us, if not all of us, would ignite a desire in us to dive into the scriptures in ways we never have. You know, Paul writes, <clears throat> he writes and he tells us that we are to study, to show ourselves approved. It's this beautiful picture of us diving into the word and not just reading it from this standpoint uh, of our English understanding for this day and this hour. When the scriptures were written, they were written not in English, <clears throat> Aramaic, Hebrew, Greek, and they were written in a time frame in which none of us alive today have ever lived. They were written from a perspective that the majority of us here in the West do not have. There are those of us who have moved here to the West who were born and raised in the East. And they have a closer perspective on that way of life to some degree. But as a whole, we don't. And so Paul says to study, to show yourself approved. Oftentimes I think that what we do is we simply read and we read with our, for those of us in the U.S. and Britain here in the West, we read with our American lens on, if I can say. And so we filter the scripture through our democratic mindset. We filter it through the parties that we lean on. We filter it through our comfortable life and the wealth that we have lived under as a nation. And sometimes we don't dig and pull up words to see what was really being said and how it 
applies and pertains to me. And so there are just these moments. But let me finish. He says, study to show yourself approved. A workman who needs not be ashamed. Rightly dividing the word of truth. Many of us here. are ashamed and I'm thinking right now of Mark 8:38 as I make that statement. We are ashamed to stand upon the gospel. We are ashamed to stand upon the word of God because we have not studied to show ourselves approved. Bible reading in the church today in many regards is almost non-existent among those who say they're Christians. I saw alarming, um, if anyone knows, Theo Walmerans, South African pastor who has lived in the United States. I don't know how, how long he's been here now, but he has a ministry here, a church here that he's planted, but he's from South Africa. And he shared a statistic yesterday that um, I, I forget how long ago, how many years ago, whether it was 20 years ago, so at the turn of the century or somewhere around there, that the average, the percentage of Americans who went to church was 69%. And he said today that number is 39%. Yes, we can point to a lot of different things. The removal of prayer in schools. And I'm grateful for my legislation here in the state of Texas who has moved to implement a return to prayer in schools. We can point to that. We can point to numerous things. We can mention all types of things, but the one thing I want to mention today is the fact that since 2011, I've mentioned this numerous times that Barna Research Group did a study and we are 32 years or no, they started the study in uh, 91, originally concluded in 2011 and have continued on. So 32 years since they first began this study on Bible reading amongst Christians. And in 2011, they said it had dropped off drastically and it was approaching epidemic proportions. Ten years after that, in 2021, they said it had reached epidemic proportions of people who call themselves Christians, not opening their Bibles or reading except for the 30 minutes to an hour that they were in service on Sunday. If we are not in the word of God, we don't know what we 
how we should pray. We're not aware of how we should be living, what we should be believing. We are unaware of who God is, who we are in relation to him. We are unaware of how we should vote, what we should believe in, what manner of life we should be living. And it is our desire here. As we have a ministry here, yes. But it's our desire with this platform where we have people from various places who will join in, who will listen on Apple, Spotify, Google, on all of these different platforms. As we have seen the different nations that have been able to tune in who do not know me, whom I don't know, and yet nations across the world, when you see the analytics, who have tuned in to listen. And it's our desire that we provide content that will drive us to our knees, to the throne room of God, that will content that will cause a restoration in our relationship with the Lord. Content that provides restoration in our relationships with others. Content that brings us to the place where we live holy before the Lord. An opening of scripture in a way that maybe we had not seen before. We had not known. I can remember, and then I'll jump into what the Lord has for us. I'll make this statement. Just as an example, I can remember hearing over and over again that the Holy Spirit would not, he will not contradict the word of God. It is true. The Holy Spirit in his dealings with us, in his leadings, of us will not contradict the word of God. There is but one problem though. He will. For years I heard that statement and I said, yes, yes, yes. Until there came greater understanding. He will not contradict the word of God. However, he will contradict our understanding of the word of God. Oh, what do you mean? It means that if, as I said, I am reading this word with my lenses, the lens that my parents gave me, the lens that society that I grew up gave me, for me, the United States of America, if I'm reading it from that lens and that vantage point, if I am allowing the gospel to filter through that first, if I am allowing the word of God to filter through that, and not taking off the glasses I see with to say, Lord, show me, teach me to study, to show myself approved to dig in, to say, what were you saying here? 
What do you mean by this word? Pulling out study guides and materials so that I can pull up words in their original language that I might understand. He will do things and say things that in my mind are against the word of God and I won't believe that it's him because it contradicts my understanding. The Bible is the only book that requires that its author is present when you read it. I'm sure you may have heard that before. And if not, you're welcome. It is the only book I have behind me. Several books on my bookshelf. I have cases of other books because I don't have a large enough room right now to have shelves up to place all of my books. I can read those books and the author of those books does not need to be present here with me as I read. However, when I read this book, the Bible, it is important that I welcome and invite the Holy Spirit to guide my reading, to help my understanding, to explain to me what he meant, what he said in that moment. What was he attempting to do in the life of the one he was speaking through to and those through whom that prophet, that man or woman of God was speaking? It is important for me or else I will be frustrated at the Spirit's movement because I am reading with an American or whatever mindset. The Bible is a spiritual book. It is a book of the Spirit from the very first chapter all the way through the end. Genesis 1, you see, in the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the earth all the way through Revelation 22, verse 17, you see. And uh, he says, and the uh, church and the spirit cry, Maranatha. We come into agreement with the spirit of God and cry, Jesus, come. It is a book of men and women who had experiences with the spirit of the living God and wrote about their life with him. And you and I are supposed to live with the same spirit today and continue on in the spiritual experiences day by day, hour by hour, moment by moment in this life. So let's pray and then we'll dive into what I believe the Lord has for us today. Father, we love you. And we thank you for your leading and for your guiding us. We thank you for loving us the way that you do. Holy Spirit, open your word to us this afternoon, this midday. Open your scriptures that we might see your holiness, your purity, 
that we might see your goodness for us, to us, your desires for us. Transform us by your presence, by your word, and let your power be resident upon us, for us, and with us. In Jesus' name, amen. Today, the passage that I'm after, and all of these came from um, me jotting down as I'm reading the Bible through, certain things would highlight, stand out to me, and the Lord would, I would simply jot them down as I was reading through notes. Things that I felt Um, in that moment were highlighted that the Lord wanted me to just teach on here on the podcast at later dates. And so I would just make notes, make notes, make notes. And so here we are. First Kings 18. The verse that I'm after is verse 21. I will read the verses prior to that just to give us context and then we'll for a few minutes look at verse 21 and we'll be done for this afternoon. First Kings 18, I'll start in verse 1. Excuse me. And it came to pass after many days that the word of the Lord came to Elijah in the third year saying, go present yourselves, yourself to Ahab and I will send rain on the earth. Remember this is after Elijah had called for a drought upon the land. Ahab had been looking for Elijah. Jezebel, they'd been searching for Elijah. They'd killed all of the other prophets of the Lord except for a hundred that were hidden in a cave and we're going to see but I want you to see I just mentioned to you that the entirety of this book is a book of men and women having supernatural experiences or a life lived in the spirit and the Lord came to Elijah and said go He went at the voice of the Lord. When the Lord said, now is the time. He didn't go before, didn't go after. He went when the Lord said, go. So Elijah, verse 2, went to present himself to Ahab. And there was a severe famine in Samaria. And Ahab had called Obadiah, who was in charge of his house. Now the Bible gives us a bit of information here says that Obadiah feared the Lord. He served Ahab, who did not fear the Lord. Jezebel was his wife. And yet Obadiah feared the Lord. For those of us who think that we cannot work in certain environments... Because the people there don't love the Lord. 
they don't fear the Lord. You and I can work in certain environments, in certain spaces and places and give glory and honor to the Lord without being pulled away, without having this impact placed upon us from the negative space if we will walk in the fear of the Lord. If we can see rightly, it does not matter where the Lord has for us, where he sends us. Well, why will the Lord have me in a place like this? Because maybe he's attempting to influence that area, that space in society with his glory, with his coming kingdom, with his power. And you are the one who must stand in that place. We know the result of Ahab and Jezebel. But it wasn't as if the Lord was not faithful to them. Obadiah was there in their midst and he feared the Lord. It is written here. Obadiah is the one who defied Jezebel's decree and hid 100 prophets and fed them. He feared the Lord. If Obadiah was simply there to protect the prophets of the Lord, it is enough. You don't necessarily know up front, you may not, I should say, know the assignment as to why the Lord may have you in a place and maybe he won't let you leave if that is the case. Obadiah help save the lives of 100 of the Lord's servants. Let's keep reading. <clears throat> so it was, verse 4, while Jezebel massacred the prophets of the Lord, that Obadiah had taken 100 prophets and hidden them 50 to a cave and had fed them with bread and water. And Ahab had said to Obadiah, go into the land to all the springs of water and to all the brooks. Perhaps we may find grass to keep the horses and mules alive so that we will not have to kill any livestock. I want to just say again. That where the Lord has you. He has equipped you to be in that space and in that place. It is up to us to walk in the fear of the Lord. And when we walk in the fear of the Lord, we will be protected and covered from that which is around us. Too often we allow the environment to dictate to us, to impact us, as opposed to us walking in such fear of the Lord that we impact the environment around us. Is it the Lord that I fear? Or is it people I fear? Is it the Lord that I desire? Or is it wealth, money, fame? Is it accolades in this life that I desire? Or is it the reward that will come from the Lord that is my focus, 
I, I like this shirt. I have shorts on that match it. It says eternal posture. And as I was putting it on this morning, I was reminded again that my posture in this life must be with eternity in mind. I, you cannot see it here, but in my office, I have a plumb line with a plumb bob hanging on the end of it. And every time I come into my office, I have a, a prayer chair across from here. You cannot see but I will sit there and I will look. <clears throat> and it is to remind me. We see the plumb line. Uh, construction people know that this plumb bob is to make sure that everything, uh, you, you know, we have a, what's the thing called? To make sure that things are horizontally level. But then the plumb bob is to make sure that vertically, Everything is in alignment. This plumb blob, bob that I have hanging is to remind me that no matter what is going on around me, a level is what we use. Thank you, Holy Spirit. That no matter what is going around, uh, going around me or happening with me and in my family, in the ministry, in this life, that if I'm in alignment vertically with heaven, with the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, that I'm all right. If we're in proper alignment vertically, it does not matter what is going on around us. We are in good standing and all is well. Not all will be well, all is well. No matter what we can see with our natural eyes, I must be assured that vertically, all is well, that I am walking in the fear of the Lord, that I am walking rightly with him, that I am following him, that I am obedient to him, that I am walking in holiness and purity to the best of my ability in this life, that all is well vertically. If all is well vertically, then all is well with me in this life. So wherever he has you, if that is where you're to be at this moment, no matter what is taking place around you, the Lord has you on specific strategic assignment. You are in the will of God while you are waiting for the next place and next assignment. You are in his will for this moment. Your assignment is to say, well, Lord, what do you have for me to do to uh, uh, express your face, express your glory and your goodness? You may be there solely that the people around you are without excuse that God did not provide for them a way of escape. You do not know. And there will be a day when all is full and the hour has been exhausted where God has given everyone an opportunity that he will have you go on. We are. If we're walking with him, be assured we are where he wants us to be. So they divided the land, verse 6. 
between them to explore. Ahab went one way by himself. Obadiah went another way by himself. Now Obadiah was on his way. Suddenly, Elijah met him. Walking in the spirit. What could it be like today? If we were simply caught up in the spirit and we were here one day or here at this moment and taken to another city at the next because we had the Lord had a word for us. This is what happened in that hour and in that day. We know. um, I don't know if it was Finney might have been Charles Finney who had happened to him. He was in one place and then like that he was at another outside of I don't know if it was Lester Summerall's door because he had a word from the Lord for him I, you know these things it is a book of life in the spirit from Genesis through Revelation it is the book of the life in the spirit in the glory of God and we are told that the latter outpouring the days we are walking into will be greater than the former there will be more There will be more. There will be mighty exploits. And you and I must desire it. We must posture and position ourselves that we would be vessels of honor for the Lord. Vessels fit for this hour. It does not matter your age, how old or how young. You posture yourself. We posture ourselves in a space, in a place where we are vessels fit for the Lord's use. And he will use us in ways that we never thought. Will the masses know about it? Maybe, maybe not. But heaven will. And that is what matters. Elijah met him and recognized him. And he recognized him, Obadiah. And he fell on his face and said, Is that you, my Lord Elijah? And he answered him, It is I. Go tell your master, he says, Elijah is here. Go tell Ahab. So Obadiah says, how have I sinned that you are delivering your servant into the hand of Ahab to kill me? He says, as the Lord your God lives, there is no nation or kingdom where my master has not sent someone to hunt for you. Ahab, the great king with resources that you cannot imagine, was hunting Elijah. And yet because Elijah was the servant of the living God, he could not find him. Just as they were entering a land where maybe Elijah was, the Lord would catch him up supernaturally and take him elsewhere. Who is this God that we serve? How mighty and powerful is he? And what is it that he would long to do for us if only we would believe fully in his capabilities and his willingness to give to us? He says, sent someone to hunt for you. And when they said he is not here, he took an oath from the kingdom or the nation that They could not find you. And now you say, go tell your master Elijah is here and it shall come to pass as soon as I am gone from you. Look at what he says. This was common for him to say it, to be written 
It was a common occurrence for the life in the spirit. How uncommon is it for us today? I do not want this for my life any longer. For my family. For it to be uncommon for the spirit to move. For us to think that the spirit of the living God who is with us occasionally moves. He says, as soon as I am gone from you, the spirit of the Lord will carry you to a place I do not know. So when I go and tell Ahab, he cannot find you. He will kill me. But I, your servant here, again, have feared the Lord from my youth. Was it not reported to my Lord what I did when Jezebel killed the prophets of the Lord? How I hid 100 men of the Lord's prophets, 50 to a cave, and fed them bread and water. And now you say, go tell your master Elijah is here. He will kill me. Then Elijah said, as the Lord of hosts lives before whom I stand, I will surely present myself to you today, to him today. So Obadiah went to meet Ahab and told him, and Ahab went to meet Elijah. Then it happened when Ahab saw Elijah that Ahab said to him, "Ah, listen to this. Is that you, O troubler? of Israel may it be said of you and I may it be said of those under the sound of my voice whether you are live or you're listening back on the podcast may it be said of us that we are so walking in step with the spirit of the Lord that we are the troubler of a demonic kingdom of a kingdom that is against the will of God and the ways of God. May it be said of us, he says, O troubler of Israel, because Ahab had walked away from the Lord and was serving false gods. May it be said of us that we're troublers of the current mode of society, of the society that has walked away from the Lord. Verse 18, and he answered, I have not troubled Israel, but you and your father's house have, in that you have, listen, have forsaken the commandments of the Lord and have followed the bells. Now therefore send and gather all Israel to me at Mount Carmel, the 450 prophets of Baal and the 400 prophets of Asherah, 850 prophets prophets of demon gods little g who eat at jezebel's table ah they eat at the table of the queen so ahab ahab sent for all the children of israel and gathered the prophets together on mount carmel here's the verse and elijah came to all the people look at this all of israel came And Elijah said to all the people, how long will you falter between two opinions? If the Lord is God, follow him. But if Baal, follow him. The people answered him not a word. In the New American Standard, 
it says instead of the word falter, it says, how long will you hesitate between two opinions? That's the verse I'm after for today. That's the question I have for us. How long will we, for those of us who say that we are Christians or believers, how much longer will we falter, hesitate between two opinions in this hour? If you say the Lord is God, then let him be God in your life. But we cannot continue to straddle the fence and say the Lord is God and yet live as if Baal is your God. How long is the question? How long will you and I hesitate in this hour it has been long over for the time of hesitation and faltering between two opinions the enemies the enemy we see Baal and Ashtoreth mentioned here and the false prophets but we have Molech who is uh, here again Baal, Ashtoreth, Molech turning our American society upside down and yet we still falter between two opinions we still falter and say the Lord is God but we like our comfort you see the people answered Elijah not a word it is a picture of us today we answer not a word we do not challenge enough of what is going on in society because we want to be comfortable and we don't want to have a fight. We already have a fight. The fight has been brought to us and there will come a day where it will be either you bow before Baal, bow before Ashtoreth, bow before Molech, bow before all of these gods or lose your life. And if we continue to falter today, sadly, too many of us in that day to hold on to what we think is comfort and our way of life and our Netflix account and all of these accounts and all of these things that we think we need and what we long for. We'll bow. How long have you heard of the mark of the beast? And Revelation saying you will neither buy nor sell without the mark. We are... So many of us are unaware that even right now at this moment, we are being conditioned to come to a place where we would willingly bow. Yet we say the Lord is God and we would bow in order. Well, I have to eat. I know the Lord surely wants me to eat. He wants me to do this. He wants me to do that. We're not living a fasted life 
right now, we don't fast, we don't discipline ourselves, that we would even come to a day to be able to be without food and seek him in prayer, that he would provide manna for you and I. This word falter, this Hebrew word, listen to what it implies. Or it, it means to pass over, to go by. I just bypass things that are against the Lord and I keep going. Move in a linear motion without stopping, implying a lack of confrontation. We don't like confrontation as a whole. You know, I learned a while ago, when you're a leader, you may not like confrontation, but there are certain things that you must confront or else the devil will get a foothold. And every one of us leads something, even if it's just ourselves. <clears throat> and if we don't confront certain things, the enemy will get a foothold in our life. As a husband and a father, I don't always like confronting things in my family. But if I don't, then I allow the enemy to get a foothold. As the Lord has called us to plant churches and the ministries that we've planted. Oh, when you have issues that come up in your life. Oh, I don't want to have to do this. I remember the first time I had to ask a person to leave our church because of the discord and the strife and the things that they were creating when I was away. I, I, I can tell you I dreaded that meeting. And yet I knew I had to do it. And I knew I had to let the individual know that they were no longer welcome to come at this moment in time. And oh, it was such a hard thing. And then when I was done, it was such a freeing thing. Not that I enjoyed it, nor will ever enjoy something like that. But the Lord had made me responsible. So I'm headed to confront. Lack of confrontation, faltering. You know, it's like this picture of being where you're stumbling this one way or stumbling the other way. Faltering between two opinions. It implies a lack of confrontation or engagement in an activity. You know, we're just going to let people be people. You know, well, love, I, I, I love them, so I'm just going to let them, you know, do what they want to do. Even though it's wrong, and I, even though I know it's going to lead them. Do you remember 
Eli, Hophni, and Phinehas. Eli, the father, the high priest, who Hannah dropped her son Samuel off. She gave him to the Lord. And Eli was the the high priest that led Samuel into a place of learning the voice of the Lord. But here's the problem the Lord had with Eli. Eli was not sinning like his son Hophni and Phinehas were. He was not robbing the people. He was not sleeping with the women at the temple door. He was not taking advantage of his his authority. But his sons were. And the Lord told Eli, the problem I have with you is that you wouldn't stop your sons. You won't stop your sons from doing it. You continue to allow them. You won't engage with them. You won't confront and engage them in what needs to be done. And you know that they're doing this and you continue to allow it. Well, you know what? I I love them. So you know what? People are people. I'm just going to let them do what they want to do. And you're not going to say anything. You, you love them, but you're not going to tell them that this behavior is going to lead you to hell. It's going to lead to your destruction. And surely, war came. I can't remember right now if it was with the Philistines, as it often was. Eli was too old to go out. Both of his sons were killed. The Lord told him, you won't have, I'm wiping your name out because you didn't deal with them as a leader. You didn't confront or engage to stop this. You didn't engage with me in holiness and purity and ridding sin from amongst my people. See, that's another thing is that we just allow things to go and we don't engage with the Lord to see holiness. We just want to be comfortable. So we'll, we'll hang around people that we really shouldn't have fellowship with because we don't want them to think we're weird or too spiritual. And we call it religion. We don't, you know, want to seem religious. So we refuse to engage with the Lord in holiness, engage with him in walking in this place of purity and above reproach. We refuse to walk in the fear of the Lord because we want to be light. If they really liked you or loved you, they would understand that you, your ways, what you choose to do in loving the Lord. It's not you're helping people. Hophni and Phinehas died in the war. Uh, I can't remember which one of the, which one of, uh, between Hophni and Phinehas' wife gives birth as he dies. She dies in childbirth, gives birth, and calls the baby's name Ichabod. (laughs) The glory has departed. Eli falls back off the chair, breaks his neck, and he dies. Why? Because we falter between two opinions. He faltered between two opinions. 
It also means to waver, mentally vacillate. Think in an unstable manner. Bouncing, listen to this, bouncing between commitment of two persons or ideas, implying senseless thinking. Are you committed to the Lord? Or are you committed to the ways of the world? Are you committed to the Lord? Or are you committed to the ways of the enemy? Are you committed to the Lord or to the life that you live? To your comfort? See, we must engage and, and confront these things. We just, we're ending today this quote unquote, if you want to call it that, just for explanation, a celebration of a lifestyle that is an abomination unto the Lord. Today is the last day of it. We've called it Pride Month, telling you by which spirit this is, this is operating, the spirit of pride. And many of us who call ourselves Christians and believers just are like, oh, it's no big deal to each his own. No, it is a major deal because we're opening a door and inviting a door, uh, a spirit into our land, another one to replace the spirit of God in our land, the spirit of pride. And yet many of us can quote the scriptures, different scriptures for God resists the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. So which side are you on? Are we going to choose humility? As our way forward, are we going to choose to walk with the humble? Or are we sometimes going to choose the proud? God is on the side of humility because he says he gives grace to the humble. He says that before a fall, pride goeth. But before exaltation, humility. Pride is at the center of of the life of the person of the nation that is about to be destroyed. So where will we be? Are we going to continue to falter? Oh yes, God is Lord on Sunday, but then the rest of the week, I'm going to give place to demons and doctrines of demons and atmospheres of demons all around. Elijah says, bring all the false prophets let's settle this once and for all let's see who is God and he says to the people if he's God then let him be God but if Baal is God then let him be your God stop faltering you know it's that verse I quoted to you earlier out of at the start, out of Revelation. Jesus says, I could wish that you were hot. You're for me, living all for me. Or cold, you've chosen, you're, you're living for Baal. Because there's a clear line and you can clearly see who you are and what needs to be done. The one who's hot can have my spirit and more of me and we can walk together and run together. The one who is cold needs freedom and deliverance and we know exactly where they are and they can either be helped or they have chosen that way and that's it. He says, but because you are lukewarm, 
you're faltering between two opinions. One day, you're for God. Sunday, maybe midweek, you're for God. Then the rest of the week, it's my life. It's my life. It's what I want to do. It's what I want to watch. It's how I want to live. It's, that's it for me. But I say, God is Lord. You know, I, um, and I, I want to read you something about Baal because he says if Baal is God, and I know I'm at one, but I just want to give you uh, another example just from our own personal life. Um, today, our television service uh, was cut off. Not because we couldn't pay the bill or anything like that, but because a couple of weeks ago, a few weeks ago, as I was in prayer at midnight, 1 a.m., I said to the Lord, I asked the Lord, excuse me, what is it that you want of us today? Command our day. What do you want of us today? And instantly I heard the Holy Spirit say, cut off your television service. Yes. Yes, Lord. And so it, in that day I cut it off, but, you know, we'd already paid for the month, so it didn't immediately get shut off. I removed the app from it off of uh, my phone and things like that because you have it. And today the service went off. Oh, why would you do that? So that I don't falter between two opinions. Two years ago, many of you all have heard me tell this story. I was walking in the hallway, one of the hallways by the, well, in the foyer area of our home between my office and our formal living and dining room and I said to the Lord what must I do to have another measure of your glory May of 2021 and immediately the Holy Spirit responded and says I want you to give up all sports for the next year watching them listening to uh, sports shows for the next year and I did that this was May 28th or so and on June 1st I cut everything off until July of the next year why? Because he said so. I don't want to falter between two opinions. And I'm not trying to tell you that it was the easy thing. Why? Because it had a measure of my heart. I thoroughly have enjoyed sports. Not just enjoyed. I've loved sports all of my life. And today, I don't have the same love affair with sports as I once did. He was after my heart. I was asking him, how can I have another measure of you? He was saying, I need to have another measure of you. You need to let go of some of these areas, Ronnell. And he was saying that have your heart and have your life and you need to give them to me. How many of us will continue to falter between two opinions? So I told my children... Guys, the Lord says we're going to cut this off so we won't be having this. I don't know if he'll allow it to be cut back on or not. But we're his. And they all said, okay, we don't even watch it that much anyway, which we don't. 
So we just cut it off. And yes, it saves us X amount of dollars a month. month. But it also, whatever time we spent watching it, we take that from that and we give it to him. So the question is, once again today, how long will you falter between two opinions? If God is God, then let him be God in your life. But if you're chosen to serve this world, then allow Baal, allow this world to have you. But don't be lukewarm. Why? Jesus says, I will spew you out of my mouth. Because the lukewarm state is where all bacteria, all filth, all it's fake. You think it's okay, but it's not. It, it seems like it's all right. Have you ever had something that was, you're like, mm, it's on that border. Ah, it's yogurt or something like that. It's like it smells okay. It looks like it's okay. But then you eat it and then you're, you're getting a sour stomach. Lukewarm. He says, I will vomit you out of my mouth. I want to read something out of this book real quick on the bells. He says, look. If you're going to go that route, then go that route. At least I, we know clearly where you are. I know how to deal with you. Because we know the story. Elijah stood there all day <laughs> mocking all these prophets, 850 of them. Well, 450 of Baal, he called Asterisk, 400 prophets. He, he mocked them all day. Let's hear from your God. If he's God, let him answer by fire. He says, the God who is God, let him answer by fire. And they began to call on Baal and they began to chant and they began to do all of these different things. And, and Elijah began to mock him. Maybe he can't hear. Maybe he's busy. Maybe he's asleep and you got to wake him. You got to do something else. And then we know that he poured out an offering. He brought an offering before the Lord. It was water. It was called water. They were in the drought. No rain. And Elijah says, fill up barrels of water. And they began to pour them all over the altar, drenching the altar and the sacrifice. And the Lord answered by fire and took up the sacrifice and the water. And Elijah says, quick, grab all these false prophets. Let's rid the land of sin. See, faltering between two opinions says I can live with God, but I can also live with demons and devils. I can live to some degree with God, but I can also live in sin and unholiness and impurity. I can speak the truth sometimes, but I can be a liar all the other times. No. Elijah says we must rid the land quick. Let's kill all the prophets. Why? All these false prophets. We must rid the land of sin. Why? Because we stand with God. God is God. And if he is God, we do not tolerate any measure of sin in our society. We will not let our what side we stand on be unknown. Oh, I'm just going to be quiet. You see, they didn't answer Elijah. But the people remained silent. The children of Israel were silent. We're not going to choose a side today because you know what? We don't want to be disliked or we don't want people to 
excommunicate us and tell us they don't want to be with us anymore. I'm not going to tell this friend of mine that I have that, you know what, we can't hang out anymore because you know what? This sin in your life is just not okay because I'm a believer and, you know, I haven't told you about Jesus. I don't share him because I just like hanging with you. No. If God is God, let him be God. If Baal, then let Baal be God. Let me read just a little bit about Baal so that you know who he is. This is from Jonathan Kahn's latest book, The Return of the Gods. He was called Baal. Jonathan calls him the possessor. Uh, Let me read this. He was the king of gods, leader of spirits, and he would become the chief enemy of the God of Israel. He was called Baal, chief god of the Canaanite pantheon. His name can be translated as Lord, owner, and master. The Bible speaks of both Baal, Baalim, or the Baals. He was one and at the same time many. Nations, regions, and cities each had their own Baals. They were Baal Hadad, Baal Hermon, Baal Tamar, Baal Peor, Baal Zephon, among many others. Even families had their own personal Baals, clay figurine idols of the omnipresent deity. It was not long after the Israelites settled in the promised land that they began turning away from God. Let me tell you that Baal is the chief God. He is the chief demon that enters a land to begin to pull the people away from following God. Just subtly. Uh, Can I say this? That in our culture and in our society, sports has Baal as its God. Entertainment, Baal, because it's leading us away from God. When you start having churches, and we've already had this for a long time, who conclude their Sunday services shorter so people can leave and get home to watch their favorite football team, oh, Baal is at work. One of the things I fight right now, I'm going to say it, is, no, I won't. I won't. I don't want to offend anyone for the sake of offending. But when we, I'll say it, say this, when we place things at such a high priority in our life, that are not the Lord and then we sprinkle Jesus on top of it to make it seem as though it is Christian or not be careful because Baal is at work to pull your heart away from the Lord it's why the Lord said to me get rid of it give it up for a year Bell was pulling my heart away and I had no idea this is what I've done all of my life play sports, watch sports be involved in it uh, what else do I want to read of this 
Baal promised the Israelites fertility, fruitfulness, increase, gain, and prosperity. He, he promised them a quick access to it. Do you know, I told my children the other day, just about sports. You've heard it, and we just blow it off and think it's no big deal. Uh, it's a big deal. When we hear, uh, I'll hear them, if you hear football player uh, commentators or players, the football gods have spoken. Oh, it's a big deal. Those are real gods. They just happen to be demons. Or the basketball gods have spoken and shined down. Yeah. We think, oh, it's, it's no big deal. They're just talking. No, it is a big deal. Because they are talking and they're telling you that there's entities that are over it and pull your heart. Have you ever seen us when we're on in in sports places? I remember a couple of years ago, a few years ago, I asked the Lord to forgive me. And I said, deal with my heart even further. Went to this certain football field to watch my son play a game. A very important game. But the spirit in this place was so strong and I got caught up in it too. Yelling and, you know, and so involved and so invested in a little kid's game that you begin to act like heathens and people around you. Why? Because there are gods involved and it is not God the Father. Entertainment the same way and as we've seen this year that the entertainment industry has been emboldened to tell you who they are because we have been our boldness has been removed as a whole and we as a whole I don't mean that there aren't people speaking out because there are are refusing to speak out why I don't want my Facebook account closed I don't want my Twitter my Instagram or my TikTok feed to be put down if I speak the truth or if I say something or if I agree with someone's post or anything like that. I don't want to be have friends who don't want to have anything to do with me. Let me tell you something. When people get to a place and they don't want to have anything to do with you, yes, it hurts at first, but you get over it if your heart is right with the Lord. In later days, in his incarnation as Baal Shaman and Baal Shamin, was identified with the god Zeus, head of the Greek pantheon. One more thing about Baal. The nation of Israel, Baal was the embodiment of paganism and of all pagan gods. He was the epitome of all, of all that was not God and all that warred against him. Baal was the other god, the substitute god instead of the God, the Father. He was Israel's anti-God and he was the God that Israel turned to when it turned away from God. He was the God who separated Israel from God the Father and drew it away, who made it forget the God of its foundation. So if Baal was the God of turning away, the God of falling, the apostasy God, what would happen if he returned to the modern world? 
if this is he who Baal is and he did it to Israel, do you think that he might do it to America? To the West, to Britain, as we watch American return to pagan roots come out of Europe, Britain return to pagan roots as a whole. There are movements that are great and taking place. Think not that Bell has not returned to capture our hearts and become a false god to us. What will you do today? And I know I must close. I'm well over time. Is God the Father God today for you? Or is the substitute God, the God who promises you comfort, fertility, wealth, all of these things, is there a substitute God who has taken the place of God the Father, who's promised you quick access to things that you desire? But if God is God, then let holiness arise. Let purity arise. Let a walk that is narrow arise. Narrow is the gate. Difficult is the way that leads to life. And there are few that find that Jesus said in Matthew 7, 13 and 14. But see the substitute God, Baal. He offers the broad way, the wide road that leads to destruction. And there are many who go that way. See, when Baal comes, then he opens the door to his wife, who had many lovers. Baal removes the, takes you away from the remembrance of God. And then his wife, Ashtoreth or Ashtoreth or the different ways that she is called, leads you into sexual immorality. And then it opens the door to Moloch of child sacrifice. Is God God today for you, for me? May the Holy Spirit, I pray, help us take inventory of our lives to see whether or not truly God is God in our lives, in our speech, in our actions, what we're willing to confront and what we are willing to engage in. Is he the sole focus and fixation of our lives? Or do we have many other fixations and we sprinkle the name of Jesus on top of it? to say he's our God. It's my prayer today that we would turn and make God the Father, truly God of our lives, that Jesus might have the fullness of our lives, of our society, of our nation, of our region, of our cities and our neighborhood. Amen. Well, I pray that though I went over time that you receive something out of that that will bring a measure of encouragement and embolden you and strengthen you to live for him in everything that you do that you are not shy that you are not timid but you are emboldened to stand for the king of glory to live for the king of glory to walk 
with the King of glory in every situation, in every circumstance. Well, I pray that this has been a good word, a, a, a word in due season for you this day. And I pray that in Jesus' name that you are blessed and that you have a mighty time this day and the rest of your weekend in the presence of the Lord. I pray that you will get into the house of the Lord where the Lord has stationed you, sent you to be this Sunday to worship and give glory and honor to our King of glory. And I pray that as we prepare to celebrate Independence Day, that you remember the founding of our nation and what it was founded upon and that your heart's desire is to see our nation return to a nation that belongs to the Lord and to the Lord alone and that that will be your prayer. One quick announcement as I close. Beginning tomorrow, we do our second annual. Didn't know we were going to do it again, but the Lord has quickened us to do so. Our 50 states in 50 days of prayer for our nation for the month of July. We won't start on Independence Day. We'll start July 1st going through August 19th, praying for our states. And we pray that you will join us. Be on the lookout every single day for a video to encourage us to pray for the state of that day. And we will go down the list in order that each state was admitted into our union, which means Delaware is up first tomorrow, July 1st. Well, we here at the Father's House bless you and we thank you for joining us here on the Father's Table podcast. Have a blessed, wonderful, fruitful rest of your Friday. May the presence of the Lord surround you, cover you, guide you. May his voice be clear in your hearing. May you fall in love with him deeper and deeper as each day goes by. This has been Ronnell Tate, your host of the Father's Table Podcast, and I'm so glad you joined us today. God bless you, and we'll see you again next Friday. Bye-bye. <laughs>